GateWorld.net presents part two of a 10th anniversary exclusive interview with Joel Goldsmith, composer of Stargate SG-1 and Stargate Atlantis. Are the visual effects still in production when you get the tapes? Yes. Okay. So I while... get a, um, the way that works is I get what's called a, a, um, a producer's cut number one. They send me a producer's cut. Okay. Which is early on. Okay. The biz effects on that are almost like... Well, they've gotten better, but at first it was just a basically a card that says, you know, um, spaceship flies from left <laughs> to right. Okay. You know. Now we have kind of what would be a computer version of stick figures. Oh, so it's an animatic. Yes. Okay. And you just kind of see it kind of come across. That's for the first producer's cut. Then we get the first locked cut, and which is where the vis effects have taken the next step. And generally, they've rendered a lot more. They haven't done any of the texturing or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But it's it's rendered quite a bit more. You see and the then, ships and stuff. Yeah, generally, usually like about a few days before I deliver, we get another um, a rev with, with more updated effects, which is very good because for space battles and things like that, it's more accurate of when things actually hit. Right, and, yeah. And the timings are more accurate. And then after the, we do two mixes, then we do one mix, our day one mix, which is where the first time they come in and they mix the sound effects, the music, the dialogue, and the backgrounds all together. Then the producers look at that mix and they make their notes, any changes they might want. Then we get another update, another Viz update, and, um, and those are really almost completed. It's almost to, to, to where the show is that that's going to air. Not quite, but almost. And then we do a day two mix, which is where we come back in and then we refine the day one mix. Goodness. To, to be what you actually hear on the air. Wow. And so it's a lot of files going back. You know, we do everything, you know, um, electronically now. Oh, file transfer protocol. For years, you know, they would Federal Express <laughs> um, they would Federal Express me videotapes. Ah, okay. And I would Federal Express them back tapes for the, the score for them to mix with. Okay. And I would receive every day during the entire, the entire season, every day I would receive these big Federal Express packs, <laughs> soft packs, and usually getting like, you know, four or five videotapes every day. And that, and by the end of the season, I would I would have literally hundreds of videotapes that I'd have to recycle. Goodness. And um, and then all of a sudden, as we all kind of got you know higher bandwidth, and and um, then I just started delivering the music. I would send Pro Tools files directly to the Soundhouse to Sharp Sound. Mm. Uh, we would just um, start sending our files directly to them. And then just recently, they post the the um, video. And we download the video <laughs> right over right over the internet. Excellent. That um, got to cut had, down on time. We've you know what we did is we discussed it, and, and I think they, it was a little more expensive to do it this way in the long run, actually, because of the 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 high um, bandwidth lines, the T1 lines, and stuff we have to mm -hmm. do. But I think they probably overall the Federal Express bill they they save money, but <laughs> but you know just the amount of um, 
fossil fuel, I think, that we've saved <laughs> is really is probably enough to, to um to, you know, power two or three trips to Atlantis and back. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, just by the in in the lack in the paper we're saving and the plastics we're saving and I mean it's it's definitely I think everybody feels pretty good about it. But nevertheless, you have, well, uh, for this year at least, 40 episodes a year. And you said four or five different processes. That's like 200 processes, Joel. How do yeah. you keep your head on straight? Well, you know, it's, it's very, you know, first off, Rick Chaddock is all I can say, is Rick Chaddock. Rick Chaddock is the music editor who started on episode number one mm. on Children of the Gods. Rick also is <laughs> the one of the foremost experts on SG-1 in Atlantis. He has this amazing memory that he can remember episode numbers, episode names, characters that were introduced, oh, relationships, um, motivations, you know, backstories. I am constantly referring to his his encyclopedic memory. Yeah, it's critical. Where, yeah, where I can say, "Who is this? What what happened?" Oh, well, you don't remember in season two. <laughs> he'll, he'll respond in season two. You don't remember? I'm going no. <laughs> and Rick, as well as being the, the Stargate historian for me, he also organizes because not only that we have the we have our day one mixes we have our day two mixes mm. we also have seamless mixes which is where we take the commercials out of the shows and this is right. the way it's 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 it broadcasts in Canada and also on the DVDs. DVDs we take the commercials out and we have to you know often I'll have music that leads up to the commercial mm-hmm. and then we go to commercial well that doesn't work when you t- when you tie them together Right, you have to remove the volume changes. You have to remove the swell or the crescendo that's going oh, through the, no. the thing to, to, the, to the commercial. So we also have seamlesses that have to tie seamlessly together. And okay. seamless. And, um, and so there's this huge amount of logistically organizing all of this for 40 shows over the season. And really that is really Rick Chaddock's. Okay. Um, um, as well as Rick, you know, tracks several episodes a year as well. So where the... Rick will take existing music from mm. the past episodes, mm-hmm. and he will cut together new scores. Okay. Because we do that for several episodes a year. Okay. So what? It's just impossible to write forty episodes. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It's just impossible. So what we see on a television screen is actually different. Pro Tools file than the music that is in a DVD copy of that same episode? Just been tweaked differently? Just for the scene crossovers. Just for, the, just for where the commercials used to be. Okay. There's always has to be some tweaking, almost always some tweaking. Okay. Because it, it, dramatically it changes. Sometimes if, if you're ending on a cliffhanger of, um, of, of a scene, mm-hmm. and, but when you tie those scenes together and it's seamless, sometimes... The music needs to continue. Sometimes the music just kind of kind of comes out naturally. It's, mm. it's hard to explain. It's it's um, and also sometimes when the music comes in from a commercial because it's coming in just cold from a commercial, it needs a music cue mm-hmm. that that, that mm-hmm. will be will be playing 
But if it's tied together from the previous scene, sometimes it doesn't need a cue. It's kind of an intangible. It's hard to describe, and it would have to be something I would have to show you visually, you know, to, right. to explain why you right. would need music and why you wouldn't. It's just a feeling you get. Right, exactly. Which is, you know, which is part of Rick's expertise. The replicators. Very uh-huh. off-balanced, very mechanized. It almost has an undertone of Jaws. What was your inspiration for the replicators? Well, I think you said it right there. Is, is I wanted kind of a mechanical, like a gun, 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 gun. Yeah. You know, that kind of a, a machine. I wanted it to sound like a machine down below. Right. And I wanted to have that mechanic, mechanical, um, repetitive, um, um, ostinato. And where on top, you know, is where all the detail would go. Hmm. Okay. You know? And mechanical is really would be the key word for that. Okay. And then the uh, uh, the human replicators came along. Was did you make any adjustments to that? Because when Reese was introduced in Menace, it was still that strong uh, signature replicator sound that was used with her. Yeah, it was. It wasn't too much because I wanted to. I wanted to drive home the point of that it was still the replicator. Okay. I wanted to tie that together. Okay. It was important for me to tie that together, and I felt that whether it was going to be um, obvious or or subtle to the audience, I wanted to make that connection. Okay, great, great. One of the most important themes in the franchise is, in my opinion, uh, that of the ancients and the ascended beings, Orlin and Ascension. Uh, Omidasala had it, especially in Meridian. Has that thread been deliberately carried over into Atlantis when dealing with the ancients there as well? Yes. Okay. And I'm doing a variation of it right now, which is which I can't do because it would be a huge spoiler. Okay. <laughs> but as a matter of fact, today I'm writing a, another variation of the um, of, of the Ascension, um, which I would love to tell you, but they would be so pissed. <laughs> it's that big, huh? It's it's a, yeah, it's a good it's a big one. Okay, okay. Um, and it has to do with SG-1. Oh, okay, great. Um, Lost City and Reckoning, uh, they had, they, both two-parters had a great deal of finality woven into them. Many story arcs completing. Did you sit and find yourself calling over themes from the past to insert for one last hurrah in these episodes? Yeah, I did. If I remember correctly, I, I tied up a lot of, I tied together a lot of thematic approaches on that. Okay. I was watching Lost City recently, and it caught me at the very end when Teal Clank says, if this is not the Lost City, where is it? Uh, you injected Atlantis's basic melody at the very end of the show before the score of the pilot had been written. 
<laughs> How long had you been thinking about Atlantis? Well, you know, it's funny you said that because I remember that that and and I wrote that and it was it was it was I had just written it for the show. Okay. And then later, um, God, it's, it's funny you, you you mentioned that. And then later, when Brad called me, Brad and Robert called me about Atlantis. Um, I was fooling around with the Atlantis theme, mm-hmm. and Rick Chaddock again, or, or he said, you know, he said that's nice, that's really nice, because I had written the, the the guts of the theme at that point. Mm-hmm. And then Rick said, you know, you, you, you might you remember that scene at the end of Lost. And Rick pointed to that scene. He said there was a beautiful little motif in there. And I said, yeah, that's right, there was. And I listened to it, and I. And, and used that, and then I went back to that, and then interjected it into the theme. Right. It's quite astute that you picked that up. That was actually um, in the writing process, and it was actually um, um, Rick Chaddock's idea to um, to bring back that theme. Oh, okay. I'd like to say that I planned it all. <laughs> you know, something. Okay, fine. I planned it all from the beginning. That's the way it works. <laughs> well, I read on your website. I think it was that portion of the bridge that Brad and Rob fought you on that. And you were like, no, I want to keep that in there. The, the little, the choral movement before the, the reiteration of the A theme in that. Well, it was, it was Brad. And, and, you know, Brad also, Brad's amazing about themes because I can't pull anything over Brad. Because he remembers, <laughs> he, oh, yeah, I remember that from, you know, I, I remember that from Meridian. And I was like, what? <laughs> How do you remember that? Um, and Brad knew immediately where where I had where I had taken the, that 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 motif from or that or that section. Okay. He remembered that that it was from Lost City. Oh, okay. And 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 he liked it. He loved it in Lost City, and he liked it. We were when we were discussing, you know, um, taking that bridge out. Yeah. Brad had then wanted to put it back in. It was like a compromise between. We only had a certain amount of time, right? And we wanted to develop themes. As, as, as we wanted to develop the, the the main title to have the 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 proper impact, the proper build, the proper kind of action approach mm-hmm. versus just straight theme. Mm-hmm. And that was all experimenting about you know um, let's try pulling this out and extending that, so we're still within the the time limit, and we may have a little more action kind of. I think that's really what the approach was. Brad said, well, what if we pull out the choral part and then ex- expand on the action part or the race kind of part? Right. Well, you've already got the action-adventure in there. You have to have the bit of wonder of Atlantis in that and that mysterious. You know, that's what that offers. Well, I think that that's, yeah, I, that's, and, and that's why I was adamant about having it, and that's why... Brad and his wisdom decided to put it back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that's funny because, you know, it was from Lost City, and now it's such a big part of Atlantis. I can't imagine that little melody, the dun-dun-dun-dun, the series being without that. Yeah, it's, it, to me, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a very strong signature for Atlantis, of, of like you said, the uh, mystery of Atlantis. Right, right. Or, what was the word you used? Wonder. Wonder. The Wonderment. Yes, it was Wonderment. <laughs> it's funny because boys choir and they're doing that. So, yes, you know. exactly. Exactly. Kind of like uh, The Ring, you know, the theme of The Ring and Lord of the Rings. You know, they, the, the boys choir was very signature in mystery. So Yes. Was that, has Lord of the Rings ever been any inspiration for what's been on Atlantis or SG-1? Not as much musically, even though I'm a Howard Shore fan. <laughs> not, not as much musically as any of us who are involved in 
in in science fiction or in kind of um we're all kind of influenced by Tolkien in one mm-hmm. way or another. Mm-hmm. Speaking of influence, your father is one of the greatest composers of the 20th century. How I much so. how much has he inspired you? Well, a lot. There's no denying it. I was I was um you know, I was brought up listening to his music and you know, you have the same it's a, it's a strange thing with my dad, you know. Everyone's dad, to a certain extent, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a complex relationship with every boy and his father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, the, 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 the love-hate, but generally love. <laughs> the, the strong love. And, you know, everybody's dad is, is their hero to them, you know? Right. And, and it's bizarre when, you know, you know, you have your dad as your hero, and then all of a sudden there's a lot of other people who think the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I talk to you know David Newman, or I'll talk to um, you know Peter Bernstein, or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, going up to them and saying, you know, hey, we belong to the the sons of famous fathers, um, <laughs> you know, famous composer fathers club. You know, <laughs> and and David Newman and Thomas Newman and you know Peter Peter Bernstein and 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 you know and and Joey Williams and right and and. Um, and Mark Williams, and you know, all of us have that same kind of a thing. You know, your famous father, and and it, and it's a little. You know, you you listen to your dad's music, you're moved by your dad's music, mm-hmm. and you're influenced. Mm-hmm. I think Peter did a lot of orchestrating for 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 Elmer. Yes. Peter Bernstein did a lot of orchestrating for Elmer Bernstein. Um, you know, it's you're you you can't help it. Yes, it's there's a genetic thing in there that you're influenced as well, but it's, right. It's a very emotional thing, you know. It's it's tied into your emotions with your father. Right. It's Fine. something that 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 that's that's hard to describe. But I'm also very influenced by my father's influences as well, because that's really where he was directing me a lot. I, you know, I got um, so many from the academies. I got so many movie scores every year. Mm-hmm. My dad didn't listen to them. I listened to them. <laughs> he he would give me the the records. They're all records. And at that time, when I was growing up, and every year, you know, I'd get twenty or thirty film scores oh, that the Academy would send out, you know, to for promoting them for the Oscars. So I would listen to them, and he was, he was, he was always encouraging me to stop listening to film scores and listen to their influences. Mm. Where uh, you know, he wanted me to listen to more Brahms, mm. more Stravinsky, more Bartok. Really, the influences by all of them. You know, all of their influence, uh-huh. which was a big help to me, actually, you know. But, I, I, you know, I mean, anybody who, you know, will sometimes listen to my music, they're going to know that I listened to The Wind and the Lion a lot as a kid. Mm. You know, they're going to know, they're going to know that, um, that, you know, that I liked Planet of the Apes quite a bit. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, hopefully they're also going to know that I listened quite a lot to Mazorsky and I listened, you know, that, that, that pictures and exhibition was a big influence. Do you know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully that you know those are all influences. Right. Well, um, so that was a very long-winded answer to your my question. Of, yes, I'm no. influenced by my father's writing, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also influenced by John Williams. You know. Yeah. You know, I love John Williams and 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 Elmer and Alex North and you know. Right. Well, if I can help put it in perspective, I've got First Contact on my iPod. And I love to listen to it because when I was a young lad, the I, first contact was in the theaters, and it scared the crap out of me. And I got the soundtrack later on and discovered that you had done it with your dad. I think the Borg theme 
was 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 yeah, your brainchild. Yeah, and that was what real I couldn't believe how well you guys meshed that together. Two different two composers, one the son of the other, granted, but how well that came together because it is one of my favorite soundtracks. Oh, you know, thanks. <laughs> I'm sure my father from somewhere is thanking you as well. <laughs> you know. I thought I thought the the pastoral theme that he wrote for the theme of that was just so beautiful. Right, the Lily you know. Picard theme. Yes. It was just just so beautiful. You know, he he wrote a lot of beautiful themes for, for Star Trek, you know, and the original motion picture obviously. Right. Well that's the biggest one of all. I mean that, yeah. that's that's you probably buried that soundtrack with him. <laughs> no, I don't know, but, but he, um, but it's you know it's funny that the 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 it's the, um, the 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 fanfare that everybody you know the big theme that everybody mm-hmm. seems to remember that wasn't really my my favorite. I, what was what was it? What was her name? Ilya's the ball. Oh, Ilya, Ilya's theme. theme. Oh yeah, that that alien mystical. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it was just so moving to me. It was just such a beautiful beautiful theme that was your favorite yeah that was my favorite oh okay that was just so moving so beautiful okay. probably one of my one of my one of the favorite things he's ever written for, for me all right yeah. well joel i thank you for taking so much time with us i really appreciate it but before we close out what can we look forward to in the second and the latter half of seasons 10 and 4 uh, of 3 excuse me i'm already thinking season 4 of atlantis <laughs> what can well, we look I'll forward to that. musically I can't do spoilers. Well, I know, but I'll tell you one thing, and this is like this is 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 unbelievably, the shows just get better, and 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 I don't know if you're if you guys have noticed, but the last couple of seasons of 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 SG One have really been some spectacular stuff. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, sci-fi. Yeah. That's, but I mean, really. I mean, it's not like the quality of the show was dwindling. The quality has just been, you know, getting better. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Atlantis. The shows are just so good. In Atlantis, especially the characters, the development of the characters, yes, exactly, are so strong. The relationships are so strong. There, are, there are some, there are some really truly moving um, episodes, very dramatic episodes. And believe me. I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly where we are on 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 broadcast right now, but the Wraith come back with a vengeance. Okay. I will say that. Okay. But I will say that um, that it gets very dramatic. With, right. With, with what's coming up? I'm really your score for McKay and Mrs. Miller was excellent. Oh, thank and you. Wasn't that a cool episode? That was hilarious. Martin Garrow and I have talked about that extensively, and before he released, before the episode came out, he said, you will not believe Joel's score for this. 
And I was like, okay, because I'm, he knows that I'm a music lover, and he's like, okay, well, I, I trust him, but I cannot wait to hear your score for Sunday. Um, I really hope it doesn't disappoint, because that's a, everyone's talking about it and saying that it's the biggest episode of the series. It's intense. Okay. That's all I can tell you, and, and, and I'm, very, I'm very proud of the score to Sunday. Good. I can't yeah. wait to hear it. Hello, I'm Paul McGillian, and this is GateWorld.net, your complete guide to Stargate.